Oh, 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 hey, Oscar, 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 this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about, okay? Uh, actors who are engaged in creative work should be thoroughly trained politically and ideologically, and ideologically, so they can understand the real nature of life and achieve good results by setting realistic goals for their creative activities and conscientiously and energetically endeavoring to attain them. The knowledge and ability of an actor who is unprepared politically and ideologically is merely knowledge and ability for its own sake. It is of no use whatsoever in creating art for the people, art for the revolution. This is what I was talking about before. This is why I got so upset with Forrest and Fiamma. This is it, okay? This may just seem like it's one of Kim Jong-il's random things from On the Art of Cinema, but this is what I was talking about when I was talking to them about this. Oscar? Live from West Berlin, it's the committee program brought to you by Cadre Cigarettes, starring Ron Chattery, Julia Doubleday, Forrest Lovett, Fiamma Meli, Jevat Castrati, and yours truly, Jacopo Castelletti. We now join the show already in progress. Man's ideological consciousness is the force that motivates and determines his social behavior and the results of his social behavior depend not only on the content of his ideological consciousness, but also on its level. Oh, hi. Hi, I didn't see you there. Um, you know, this is actually our, our, our week off. We, we aren't scheduled to have a show. I was just reading On the Art of the Cinema by Kim Jong-il as I normally do on Saturdays away from the show. Um, but but because we've had such uh, bad luck with a, a, a couple of uh, technological problems and we did put together two last shows um, were a bit shorter than they should have been, the gang all thought, why not do that again? Why not dig into the well again and bring the people something for this day? And especially because I'm back in West Berlin even for a few days, it seemed like a good opportunity to do that. So what we have for you today is uh, just a couple of things. We have a, a hot new poll, thanks to Forrest and Jacopo Castelletti. Uh, we have um, me talking about my trip to the United States very briefly and getting into more U.S. politics than normally we're you know, maybe inclined to. And then, look, a lot of you write in and you say, you can't take weeks off of the show because this is how I put my kids to bed, that the committee program is a vital um, conduit to your parenting nighttime routine, and I really want to respect this. And so we're also going to throw in a movie for the committee afternoon, uh, Bob a Bobek, which is a Czech children's animation uh, that's fantastic, and I think you're all going to enjoy it, especially something for the kids, and more importantly for their parents. Again, the idea that childhood is in any way interesting is is an American sickness. The rest of the world, the rest of our viewers from other places, don't worry about this. We know this is for you, it's not for the children. Okay. Okay. On with the show. Actors who are engaged in <laughs> you know what? Let's just go to the next segment. Pizza, you 
Mali kayo, spaghetti yon. Introducing new Maggie Instant Spaghetti Curls. A first of its kind. Spaghetti <laughs> curly with fun. Made delicious by real ingredients. The only one with pizza and smoky bacon sauce. New Maggie Instant Spaghetti Curls, your kids' favorite. Now with a delicious twist. Ciao and welcome back to our polling update here at the Polling Channel, brought to you by the Committee Program. We start in Japan, where the ANN poll has most Japanese folks identifying as conservative at 49%, dominating the center-left and the CDP at 7%, and libertarian Ishin at 6 No support does much better at 25%. Pretty fair research, we are seeing liberal ODM candidate Odinga polling ahead of center-right UDA candidate Ruto in the Kenyan presidential election. The Sydney Morning Herald has final numbers on the Austrian election. The Labour Party has 75 seats, the Liberal and National Coalition has 57 seats, Independents have 10 seats, the Greens have 3 seats. We expect no further news from Down Under for a while. A Social Changes poll in Poland poses the scenario that KO runs with PL2050, Lewica and PSL taking a full 47% with ZPECR 11 points behind at 36. One can imagine other scenarios and one should always remember, sometimes it's going to rain and the left is gonna left. <laughs> And finally, in Argentina, we see the center-left FDT with 39%, a 12-point lead of the center-right GXC at 27%, and the Liberals at 22%. Could see consolidation in the opposition, so we will be keeping an eye on this as the season rolls on. And from the staff here at the Polling Channel, thank you so much for watching, and stay safe out there. And now, Committee Confessions. Hi, and welcome back to the Week Off Committee Program episode. We are putting on a show anyway because, you know, the gruel has been thin, and so we thought, why not serve more of it? This is certainly what made Britain great, and Britain is certainly what made America great. And in this Confessions, I will be speaking about my homeland of America. So that is what's called a seamless transition in the biz. You are all impressed. Please applaud. Now... I was just in the United States where I haven't been for a while, but I was all over the place. I was in San Francisco, Dallas, uh, um, Detroit, Chicago, Des Moines. Um, where was I? Then Connecticut, Massachusetts, Washington, D.C., New York. So I was in 10 states. I was all over the place. I got a chance to see what was going on everywhere. And what was going on everywhere is exactly what you think was going on everywhere. Uh, it was price increases. It was... Uh, a lot of sort of uh, very ambivalent talk about the politics of what's going on. And we just saw uh, a couple of gun tragedies unfold in a very big way. We are seeing Roe v. Wade being um, undone. Uh, we do hope to get Liz on the show to talk about that specifically very soon. But we also see that these have not been able to be turned into viable political products by the Democratic Party, in fact, quite the opposite. The, pol the political games they play on all of these issues seem to be overwhelming them, making any kind of solidarity with civic groups that work on these issues, or in fact, citizens who may be 
affected by these issues. And so in a world where you do see inflation continuing and you do see other scarcities starting, it is very reasonable to believe that the Democrats will lose between 25 and 30 seats in the House. That is my official prediction. And I think that the Senate, I will not make an official prediction on the Senate yet. I do believe that it is probably Mitch McConnell's to run. Uh, but of course, that's an easy thing to say because it's Mitch McConnell's to run. Even if he gets close, he doesn't have to win simply because he's better at this. What I wanted to say in my confession, none of that is surprising, maybe not even interesting. But, you know, we are in the same state of play as we were in 2014, except that our dialogue uh, between the left and the center left has become much coarser. Uh, and that's okay. But I did want to. Let me just back up. So in 2014, I was not shy about saying I thought Hillary Clinton would be the worst nominee that the Democrats could put out for all the reasons that you think. I thought that the electorate was not in the mood for precisely the issues that she was selling and that personality-wise, she was not going to be the right person to meet this moment. Um, this was not greeted with hostility by people generally, you know, who I was working with, who would be folks from Obama land, from um, you know, various clients, you know, generally folks who are more in the center and less on the left. This was not taken badly. They didn't agree, but it was not fought about. But it was, but it was to some extent considered a bit ridiculous. And you did see with efforts to sort of get Elizabeth Warren to run in 2016. Um, and then when Bernie Sanders did run, why? <clears throat> uh, that primaries are sort of considered this dishonest, disloyal thing to engage in. Uh, and that if there are incumbent people or people whose quote unquote turn it is, that a primary is ultimately damaging to them. And in fact, you can historically go back, whether it's Ted Kennedy or any of these other folks who had very nice primaries uh, leading to the candidate not winning. Every incumbent who is primaried somehow ends up losing. This could be one of these causation things on its head, though, because that's not at its heart what a primary is meant to be. Right. What a primary is meant to be is that you have a variety of voices getting in a variety of different folks and then hopefully rising the general output for that party when those people come together and deliver. You see over and over again this not happening. I think 2020 was extremely striking for this. And I have referenced her before. I will reference her now again. Marion Williamson was someone who was sort of, you know, very much derided and sneered at. Uh, as a voice in the race and then in the debates, but was talking in a different way to different people and to people who stayed home rather than deciding to become Democrats. What makes people decide to become Democrats? I don't know, because I'm not one. I'm an independent. But I do know that the kind of derision <laughs> that you can feel palpably when you are not a Democrat is something that does need to be toned down by Democrats, and primaries are the primary way to do this. So what I want to say now is when you have a president whose favorability is underwater, who is also quite old, when he has a vice president who is uniquely unpopular, uh, and we can have a big argument about why, but I see this coming over the horizon, who is uniquely unpopular, that we should all agree now and in good faith that a primary would be a good thing. And that if either the current president or vice president do well in a primary, which they should be extremely well positioned to do, having all the money uh, and access in the world that comes with those positions, <clears throat> that now it is incumbent upon them. 
and upon their political advisors to say, we want a healthy, competitive primary in the Democratic Party in 2024. Uh, and we want that for the reasons that this is maybe the only chance, the only chance that we'll have to win. And when I say we, I mean a coalition of a popular front of people who run all the way from the far left, even to right smack in the center, who do not want to see uh, the far right gain more access more access because it seems to have full access to the institutions of this country. And so that is the reason many of us are making this argument. I think it is important for us to make this argument now so that people can actually start a primary in good faith so that this can be a process by which Democrats rebuild the shattering of their party, uh, which we're seeing in front, uh, which will we see the cracks of, but will not truly be as horrific until all 30 seats are accounted for after these, this election in 2022 after the midterms, but it doesn't have to be that way. Primaries can be the thing that we pretend they're supposed to be, and they can be things that we feel like we're supposed to have, even when there's an incumbent, and even if, God forbid, that incumbent was popular and generally considered to be doing a good job, which may or may not be the case in the world in which we inhabit. That's my confession. I think there should be a primary. In 2024, I think a lot of you agree. Thank you. Bye-bye. Committed. Comitato. Committed. Comitato. A rule. Committed. We're young. Submitted. We're Thanks so much for tuning into the committee program. We know you have many options when it comes to content consumption, and we appreciate your attention to this new season with new episodes on Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and at 10 p.m. Central European Time. You can support the show by becoming a member on patreon.com slash the committee program. You can follow committee on Twitter, uh, backslash committee pro, on YouTube, the committee program, on Instagram, the committee program, on Facebook, the committee program, and you can visit the committee program company store at tpublic.com, the committee program shop. Special thanks, as always, to our team, Javad Castrati, Fiamma Melli, Jacopo Castelletti, Forrest Levette, and committee's deputy director, Julia Doubleday. Look alive out there. It's later than you think. It's the end of our broadcast day. Thanks for listening. in our second series. 
For more global infotainment from the committee program, click on the video screen right or screen left. Please like and subscribe to the committee program on Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern and 10 p.m. Central European time.